It is that time of year again. The pre-health advising office at Penn State is gearing up for our big season of the year. It's comprehensive review time. Comprehensive review is a process that Penn State uses to help prepare our applicants in some of the most competitive health professions to be ready for the upcoming application cycle, to reflect on their candidacy, and determine their best pathway forward. Our tool is reflective of the reality of the application and the expectations therein and gives students the opportunity to look at themselves through a critical lens and to put themselves in the seat of the admissions officer themselves. This is a really wonderful tool that we use and we want to make sure that students get the most out of it. So this episode is really just helping you know exactly the best way to prepare to get the most out of this experience. So welcome back for another episode. Hello and welcome back to the Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State, the show to help all pre-health students on their journeys to acceptance. We're both back again. It's me, John Moses Bronson, and my lovely colleague, Kimberly Johnson. Hi, Kimberly. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Today's a big recording day for us. Yeah, so. we're, we're trying to get a whole bunch in the bank. We are. Yeah, we're investing. Which means <laughs> full attention. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited for this topic. I think <clears throat> for me, this is really a highlight of the year. Yes. I love doing these. It is it a lot of work? Yeah. Do oh, I yeah. think that it's high impact and high value for our students? Oh, yeah. And there's certainly, you know, we've been doing variants on this for a few years and there are some things that certainly separate better comprehensive reviews from less beneficial comprehensive reviews i think the comprehensive review Mm -hmm. is something that we would like to be known for yeah that sort of sets our process apart from mm-hmm. other institutions yeah, and something that we've really worked hard to develop to meet the individual needs of our student population. Yeah. We, a few years ago, we took a step back and we've talked about this in our other comprehensive review episodes, but we took a step back and we were like, who are we doing this for? And we realized that so much of the work that we were doing at the beginning was not for the students. And to be a student-centered office, we felt that we had to center students in the process. And so I do feel like with this process, we have centered students. And their experience and their needs are, are really at the forefront of what this looks like now. So let's talk about what makes for a better, more prepared student coming into a comprehensive review. And it it really all starts with those portfolio materials. I'm going to start this off by saying we ask you for a lot. We 
We do. And we recognize that. It's optional. It is an optional process, but I will tell you the students that do it and embrace it, there's a reason why more students who do our process get in than those that don't. Yes. There, there is an effectiveness behind what we do. There is a thought and reason, but there's also results behind what we do. So, so let's go through what it actually is. Yeah. So the easiest way to explain it is it's a mimic of the primary. That's not all that's in there. But that's sort of the foundation. It's the foundation for sure. So, you know, if you've been like sort of like reviewing our application series, which we've been rebroadcasting just to sort of like put that contact content back in your brains, you sort of know what to expect in those individual sections. What's additional to that is we do have a list of a bunch of schools and their secondary essays, and we have you select a school. And we want you to write their secondaries for us. And we ask you for, do we still ask for an autobiography? We do. We do, yeah. So what we're doing is we're allowing you to draft out Mm -hmm. your your primary application materials. Mm -hmm. Not a final version, because that would defeat the purpose. Yes. But draft them out with the intent of having a scheduled formal sit-down session with one of us Mm -hmm. to review it in great depth. Yeah. I think what I look for, and you mentioned this, I do not want it to be you to feel like this is perfect and done. It defeats the purpose because so often I need to tweak what a student's done to better suit the needs of their total application. If you're viewing it as perfect and done, then it makes it a lot harder Mm -hmm. to make edits. Yeah. I want a good faith effort. I want someone to have genuinely put some effort forward, but someone who's like, I tried very hard on this, but I kind of want to see what somebody else who's seen a lot of applications, has seen a lot of students get in, a lot of students not get in to professional school. What do they see when they look at this? And that's basically what we're doing. And we're allowing you to present your candidacy to Mm -hmm. us. And what we're hoping for is to learn from you how you view yourself as a candidate. Mm -hmm. We want you to be able to articulate that to us orally, verbally. Mm -hmm. And we want it, hopefully to be reflected Mm -hmm. on paper Mm -hmm. and we're looking for where there might be a disconnect or an opportunity to better synchronize how you present yourself in person versus what you put on the page. Yeah. It's, I say this all the time and I will continue to say it for the rest of my professional career. We don't train you to write like this. We train you to write, you know, lab reports, observe and report. We're asking for something very, very different. And so like, yeah, it's probably not going to be perfect on your first attempt. Yes. You might be perfect on your first attempt at like applying some like organic chemistry session or uh, concept. That's what I meant. I meant concept, not session. Right. But that's because we've trained you to understand the building blocks going into that. 
No one has trained you to understand the building blocks of personal narrative. And you've never had to complete such an extensive application before. Yeah. This is, it's, it is the most complicated application I've ever seen. And high stakes. It is very high stakes. Brings out all the nerves. Yeah. And so to help with that, again, we don't, we're not looking for perfection. We want you to sort of treat this like a sandbox, right? What's quintessential about a sandbox, right? You build something, you don't think it's perfect. You knock it over and you keep, and you go again, right? Maybe you try a few different things. What you put in here doesn't have to be its final form, right? We, we, we've talked about this. I, I want to hit that, like, this is your place to experiment, to try things. I love when students take, like, weird, like, attempts at, like, a personal statement. They're like, this is really weird, but this is just, like, sort of what came out of me. And maybe we don't keep the whole thing. Maybe we do. But there's almost always something there that's super useful and helpful to us. Um, you know, I want, I want students to feel the freedom of trying because it always ends up in a better application later on. And there could be three, four, five drafts that we never see Mm -hmm. before you get to the thing that you want to present to us Mm -hmm. in your comprehensive review, or even, excuse me, just in a regular advising conversation leading up to your review or after your review. Um, for our younger students Mm -hmm. who are not yet ready to apply, Mm -hmm. we have something similar to the portfolio, Mm -hmm. sort of more, more of a developmental portfolio available in SharePoint. Yeah. So from day one, you can kind of practice this skill of refining your narrative Mm -hmm. and looking for the gaps and looking for the opportunities that might exist for Mm -hmm. you in the future. Yeah. Because it's, you know, a lot of the time we get stuck in our writing, want to just tell the facts. We are looking for you to go beyond the facts into your insights and your perspective, because that's where the value of your application comes out. And so, you know, we're saying all these things in a big like lesson that I want you to like internalize and feel and be okay with and make peace with is don't get too attached to your writing. I think it is so common to want to just close off the future of changes because, like, I put something on paper, I'm committed to this. And some of the best writing that I've seen on a personal statement is when I was like, you need to delete the back half of this. And I want you to try telling this story or these two stories instead. So... We're going to go through the ins and outs of what mm-hmm. the what the review actually is and mm-hmm. how you put it together, your materials together, and mm-hmm. how it pertains to the application. But before we branch into that, I want to tell you what often happens for me at the end of a comprehensive review conversation mm-hmm. with a student. And that is when I say, okay, when I read your materials last night... Mm-hmm. I loved your personal statement. thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. After talking to you today, mm-hmm. I still love your personal statement, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be your personal statement for your application. Yep. I don't think that it's telling the admissions folks what it needs to tell them 
or doesn't match up necessarily with how you present yourself in an interview setting or with the other materials that you've put on paper. So let's kind of workshop what it could look like if we make those tweaks. Yeah, it's... Your application should tell one single compelling story. And we talked earlier privately about how there's going to be multiple great approaches that each mm-hmm. individual can take. Yep. What we're looking for is the particular approach that works for this purpose. Yeah. Another thing I'll say is that it's going to be really tempting to like get a bajillion perspectives on your writing and you just you just pull in every little thing that anybody who ever says anything about your personal statement says to you so by the time it gets to us it's like frankenstein's monster it's got a little bit of everybody and it's hard to see the you that's at the core of it and we kind of call this too many cooks in the kitchen yeah there's too much influence on your writing one of the things that i tell my students actually when i give them feedback is like this is my perspective what i want you to do is to look at what i've said and say this is helpful for me to get closer to where i wanted my personal statement to be i'm going to take this into account or i think that he misinterpreted what i meant here this is important to me i need to think about how i'm telling the story so that someone who reads it picks up on why this was so important for me to talk about because sometimes like i'll like strike through several lines and say this is fluff eliminate because it feels reiterative of something that's already there you only have so many characters and like each sentence needs to pack a punch in some way and saying the same thing that you already did with slightly different wording that is a waste of characters from my perspective but the student might have been trying to make a a deeper point. It just wasn't coming across, right? That's a different conversation that we can have then. Um, But I think you had a really good perspective on like the number of cooks to consult. (laughs) I worked with a student in the past several years ago who told me that they had realized after they asked a couple of people to look at their materials, that they had too many perspectives and Mm -hmm. they decided to stick with their mom Mm -hmm. who they had a really solid relationship with Mm -hmm. um, because they had that sort of lifelong perspective Mm -hmm. on who they were and their best friend who had sort of that more nuanced, similar life stage Mm -hmm. roommatey, kind of perspective like those kind of conversations that you just get into at like two in the morning and you wouldn't have that conversation really with with anyone else i mean yeah you know you can have a great relationship with your mom but there's just different conversations that are had yeah and he was like that's what i that's all i needed in addition to coming to pre-health advising yeah who are the professional experts on this particular area so the professional perspective the lifelong perspective and then the peer perspective yeah they're like, that was the sweet spot for me to tweak things and really represent myself on paper as best as I possibly could mm-hmm. without getting too muddled yeah. by too many voices being present. Yeah. Uh, writing is difficult. And there's a reason why book writers don't have like 50 editors. They usually have an editor because if you have too many editors, you start to lose your voice. And so that's my big encouragement 
And this is actually something that I've really changed a lot in my own advising um, over the years with, uh, with regards to writing. I used to say, here's a potential way for you to work this. And I realized that me sort of giving them example of a way they could word it differently became how they worded it. And so now what I do is I say, like, here's the concept I think you're going for. I want you to rethink how you're wording this to make this piece more clear. Because I felt like I was instilling my voice too much into other people's materials. And it was starting to make parts of their essays feel unbalanced because there was this new voice entering the chat. That's not a bad point. Yeah. And that's something that we all do naturally. Like if I give you advice on how to reword something, it's like, well, this is how I would have worded it. I admit I throw my voice in there from time to time, but I think my lived experience was that I grew a lot from kind of internalizing some of the language that I learned from other people who had Mm -hmm. greater language abilities than my own. And it helped me grow in my own ability. Mm -hmm. But there's a time and a place for that. And there's a specific person Mm -hmm. who benefits from that versus somebody else who kind of needs to develop a little more of their own style on their own first. Yeah. So like sometimes like if I'm doing like a a face-to-face review of a personal statement, I will say like, here's how I might do it, but I won't write it down. I'll just be like, oh, I probably would have explained this a little bit differently. I might say this because that gives them an idea. But like, unless they have an eidetic memory, they're going to have to come out back up with the wording on that again. I just remembered one of the reasons I don't mind zoom interviews and we all know i actually really like zoom interviews Mm -hmm. one of the things that i will do is when a student just says something really beautifully Mm -hmm. i type it out straight away and zip it off to them Mm -hmm. and i say listen you said this so perfectly but i know that if you're like most of us out there, you're not going to be able to recreate this. And you might not even notice how nicely you said this. So here is your exact wording mm-hmm. verbatim. I'll do timestamps for students yeah. with that kind of stuff. Because it's just like, these are your own words and they mm-hmm. were spoken so nicely. Let's incorporate that into the written. Because that's your voice without all the other filters. Because sometimes we just naturally sort of pull in voices of whatever we're reading or something that we've heard, you know. So little of real writing is own original thought, right? It's it's always influenced by sayings that we've heard, other things that we've read, ways of speaking, right? It's very difficult to have like a true, unique, personal voice just because our culture is very referential. So regardless, we've that was sort of a bit of a tangent. gotten into the weeds. We <laughs> no. said we wouldn't get into the weeds. But we weed whacked them and now we're back out of the weeds. We're back and we're ready to talk about <laughs> what to. So you already know what to expect from the comprehensive review. And that is that you're going to bring your application, your yep. drafted application materials, and you're going to do a deep dive with an advisor. Yep. But um, what does this really look like? What is 360 feedback? How does it play into like yeah. the entire process of applying? So when you log in. We'll do some like introductions, we'll chat a little bit, and then we'll do a mock interview. That's important to me because I get a sense of like who you are, how you communicate about yourself. How do you make me as the person interviewing you feel? 
I have to have a mock interview. I have to. It's I not. Have to I hear you. I can't do it otherwise. I have to hear you present yourself to me in mm-hmm. the moment. It it changes so much about how I feel about other aspects of the application. And you find where your applicant speaks freely and with ease mm-hmm. and where they kind of get tangled up yep. and need a little more guidance. And oftentimes, you know, I'm, I explain that like your personal statement is an invitation to expand upon all of that further. If you know, there are certain topics where you speak with ease and more freely, have that be the point where they're saying, Hey, let's expand upon this. Let's talk about this further because you're comfortable in that topic and in that conversation, that's just going to make it easier for you to present the best possible version of yourself. Where you get tangled up can be a moment or an area of opportunity. Yeah. Why are you getting tangled up? Is it because it's manufactured and forced Mm -hmm. and you feel like you have to talk about this, even though it's not particularly meaningful? Are you getting tangled up because you haven't quite worked out how it fits in? Yeah. And so the language isn't comfortable to you yet. Whereas after speaking mm-hmm. together for a bit and maybe drafting things out a little bit more, it'll feel really comfortable and natural and you understand where it fits into your story. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, I don't want to expand on that. I think it's great. <laughs> So, so so we start with that interview yes. and that for me will usually last about half an hour, 40 minutes. And remember, we have less time this year. Yes, we did shorten them. And so my interviews will be shorter this year, um, which is challenging, but also I think very important. So, yeah, so we want to be able to hear from you, understand how you sell yourself. And then we sort of move into the part of this where you get to sit back a little bit and we sort of take the reins. We workshop a little bit. We do. So obviously we're going to give you feedback on the content that you provided in that portfolio, right? I give a lot of like super standard advice, I think, for a lot of sections because I think there are some best practices in a lot of sections. But most of it is very curated for each individual student. Um, Most of us will do a bit of a cycle overview and talk about sort of where you're at, what to expect, but also how your materials sort of play into all of those different pieces of that cycle. And what, well, I just wanted to kind of fill in the gap there. What we mean by that is you're going to play up these elements in the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, these are themes that maybe you want to elaborate on in a secondary. And this is something that might not come up at all until an interview or perhaps an update yep. because you're just starting to turn towards whatever that new job is mm-hmm. or um, a publication that you're starting to get involved with. Yeah. Not all of your, like selling points need to be right up front sometimes like in sales sometimes having like a third act hook of like oh did we not even mention that this comes with (laughs) this other thing that's really important to you not everything has to be right up front and sometimes it's better to think critically about how you layer all of your value out I love seeing that moment of 
understanding Mm -hmm. when a student realizes or an applicant realizes that the primary goes to everyone, Mm -hmm. the secondary is Mm school-specific, and they start to realize that there is some strategy here. Yeah. What am I presenting across the board, and then what do I want to sort of save and focus in on when it comes to a particular program that I'm applying to, which brings us to school fit. Yeah. Which one of the easiest ways for an application cycle to go wrong is to apply to the wrong schools. And I think it's hard to know what the right schools are. It doesn't feel super transparent. Well, that too. Yeah. But it's hard to know before you've really developed your own voice and kind of figured out what your long-term goals are and what the story is that you're trying to tell once you've kind of advanced to that level of engagement that comes with several years of involvement with an organization or something similar then you start to see okay what kind of institution am I looking for what do I want to focus in on the next four years of my education? So school fit, your school list, really doesn't come around until the spring of your application cycle. Yeah, because it, it takes time for you to sort of settle into who you are. That doesn't happen in your first year. I get a little concerned about students in their very first semester who's like, this is my dream school, this is where I'd really love to go. And it's like, a lot of times those students make decisions to make themselves a good fit for that one particular school, even despite it not falling in line with like their biggest passion areas. And they lose themselves in the process of what they feel is that goal school. You have to live your life a little more freely. Yeah. And see how the pieces start to come together. Yeah. And a lot of times we just start putting those pieces together in your mm-hmm. comprehensive review because it's the first opportunity that you've had to really lay it all out yeah. and discuss it sort of A to Z with yeah. somebody who thinks about these things all day long. Yeah. In addition to us thinking about it, like we meet a lot of these schools, you know, we do a lot of traveling actually later this week, we're headed to Philadelphia. So we're going to be meeting a lot of the schools in sort of like Eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, you know, Eastern Maryland, DC, Not so much D.C., but a couple of those schools will all come because it's their opportunity to talk about who they really are in front of a room full of advisors. And we want to make sure that you're applying to the right schools because, one, I want you to get in to whatever school you want to go to. But, two, I want to make sure that you go to a school that you really love and that they're really going to love you back. And they're often relying on pre-health advisors Mm -hmm. to bring that message back to their students. Mm -hmm. Um, You can always look at websites and you should. Mm -hmm. You can go to information sessions and please, please do that. Mm -hmm. But as you learn more about these programs, come talk to us so we can start to strategize how you want to present yourself to each of these institutions once you get your secondaries. Yeah, because a big part of what our work is, is helping you understand the perspective perspective of the admissions officer. How is what you're presenting going to be interpreted by that person who has that power looking at your application? Do they see the synergy between you and their institution? Have you done the work of being able to lay it out to make it feel obvious to them? 
or is that not coming going to come across at that particular institution or types of institution? And these are all elements that we're thinking about as we review your materials and your comprehensive review. Yeah. And part of why we have the review materials set up as we do is so that it can facilitate our thinking, our review of your materials so that it is a little bit more in line. It mimics a little more closely how the admissions offices are looking at things. Yeah. We want it to be as close to to reality as possible because, gosh, it makes our job so much easier to do. It makes your application process so much more comfortable. Yeah. Knowing that you have some sense of how this process works, you're Mm -hmm. not completely blind to Mm -hmm. how the other side is working through it. And I want this process to feel as natural as possible. So if I see how a student naturally talks about themselves, presents themselves, their ideas, what they're focusing on and their insights and where their perspective is, it makes it that much easier for me to connect it to things that are really important at certain schools. So that's why we call it a review now Mm -hmm. instead of an interview. Mm -hmm. And this is why we took the word committee out of the name Mm -hmm. is because... The idea of a committee kind of sets you up for a, with a very different feeling for what this conversation is going to be yeah. versus just sitting down and reviewing your application materials with a pre-health advisor who you might have already met with 10 times in the past. Yep. It's our opportunity, too, to get to know you really well as an applicant because this is not the finish line. It's your starting line, especially with your relationship with us. There are students that I've gone from not knowing from a hill of beans to a student that I meet with biweekly. And that's the case regardless of whether you walk out from your comprehensive review thinking, great, I'm absolutely going through with this process or thinking to yourself, you know what, I think another I need another year or two. Mm -hmm. That relationship can exist and grow and be fostered over time, whether it's one admission cycle or a year or two more of preparation and then an admission cycle. There's nothing wrong with realizing you're not ready yet. It actually saves you a ton of money. I think it's one of the greatest benefits of our process. Yep. We've, we've seen a dip in premature applications, I would call them. I think a lot more of our students are really waiting till they're ready. And so our students are just more ready. Stronger overall. Stronger overall. And very solid. When you're throwing yourself into the application cycle, you are making yourself really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So knowing that you've taken the time to really, really focus in on what that application looks like Mm -hmm. and you haven't just done it in isolation by yourself, but you've done it with a professional who does this every single day, that vulnerability feels very different. Yeah. And that's what I want for you. I don't want you to be lying awake thinking like, did I do this right? Have I gone about this in, in the way that I should have? Was there a better approach to have taken? I mean, of course, those thoughts always exist, mm-hmm. but hopefully you go in much more confident that. Yeah, there's a confidence and a certainty that you can develop by having someone independently say, hey, 
this sounds like you. I feel like this presents you well to an admissions committee. And this is something that you can really build off of in this next step. There's a lot of comfort in that. This process is complicated. It's long. It's stressful. And if we can do something to help alleviate even a a portion of that stress, that's what we're going to do. I feel like overall our students who go through our process are less stressed in the application cycle itself. There's always going to be students who are just like they just live via stress. Always. But I think overall the students who work with us carry less stress with them. It occurred to me that, you know, we're not compensated based off of our number of applicants. (laughs) Like our compensation for our work is not tied to this in any way. Mm -hmm. So we're really, really free to just sit down with you and work through the details of your application. Mm -hmm. And if it's not your year, then we can very freely say, hey, I like what I'm seeing here, but I see some big areas where you could make some changes and really stand out next year Mm -hmm. or the year after. Why don't we meet again in six weeks to continue this conversation? Mm -hmm. We, there's nothing about our job or our role that stops us from having these ongoing conversations. Mm -hmm. We don't advise you to apply prematurely because we really want your application cycle to go smoothly and to result in success. Yeah. I want everybody to get in on their first attempt because it's one, it's demoralizing not getting in Two, it's so expensive. Yes. And three, it, I think it robs people of confidence even when they do get to that next step. So many of you are fantastic applicants, but mm-hmm. this might not be your year. Yeah. And we are really okay with that. We want you to find your year. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it's it's painful when a wonderful student doesn't get in. It, it like, I feel physical pain when a student that I know is ready and know could do it doesn't get in. I also feel... And I don't feel that pain very often. Feel some real pain when I see someone applying who hasn't quite heard my message of there is nothing wrong with you. There's you are going to be a great health professional, whether it's dentist or doctor or PA. Mm-hmm. But this application isn't yet where I it does not yet look the way I see applications looking when they result in an easy acceptance. It, it hurts because I want you to have like that thrill of an acceptance. Yeah. You, you have this concept that you talk about sometimes, Kimberly, of like the waitlist application. Yes. I don't want you to submit something I know to be a waitlist application. And I say that. This looks like a waitlist application to me. It's a great application, but when compared to four other applications for that single chair that is available at that school, it's not going to hold up. But in a year or two, it's going to be the one that rises to the top. Yeah. I want you to rise to the top. It's a a much more confidence-building process when you are someone that schools are actively seeking after. I have a student... 
he probably could have gotten in, but he probably would have been waitlisted had he applied. They, sorry, they applied two cycles ago. And uh, they waited. They waited two years and they've had one of the most amazing cycles that I've ever seen. There wasn't anything wrong with her application two years ago when we met, but they realized that they would have a more enjoyable time having some of that lived experience. And they've done a lot with their time and they only took a year off. And can you imagine the feeling of just like getting these acceptances, just rolling into your email inbox? They had an acceptance in August. That is so fun. (laughs) And they've since had like, I think seven or eight other offers they have gotten an offer to their dream program. And so. Those feelings don't come around very often in no. life. <laughs> and on paper, like they're a good applicant. They're not like if we look at the GPA and MCAT grid, this is a med applicant. They're not in the top right hand corner. It's not like their metrics are just like blasting out of the water. They're further to the left. But they were ready. And they were able to talk about it in every single part of their application. And there were things that came really easy to them and they were very conversant about. And that's what they focused on in their application. And schools saw that and they responded to it. That's where we want you to get to. And that's why we have you do these comprehensive reviews. And that's why we get there. Well, that's why we start them so early. Mm -hmm. We don't want to pull the rug out from underneath you when you've entered everything into the actual application and you're just waiting to hit submit. Yeah. Or what I kind of consider a worst case scenario is when you come to do a review with us and you've already submitted your primary. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, oh, had I done this three weeks ago, there are some real tweaks that I could have made for a much stronger application and then submitted. Yeah. So we want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We love doing this. This is what we look forward to every year. Yeah. And your comprehensive review, like we said, is is not the finish line. It's the starting point. So like schedule, I encourage students to schedule a follow-up appointment with me as soon as we're done with our comprehensive review. I want to see you in a week. I want to hear from you what you heard, what you're working on what you feel good about. Um, I want to help refine your school list. I want to help you learn how to do good research on a school to help you feel confident in your school list. Uh, Because like, yeah, I know a lot of schools and the type of students that they're looking for and what kind of students from Penn State speak to them better than others. But that helps you in a very short period of time. But if I help you do learn to do good research and to explore again, when it's time to do residencies or your first job, you've got the skills already and you're ready to do it. And you're, you're ready for that next step. You know, we want you to have a great cycle, one that you feel so good about from day one to day 365. Or 366 on leap years. <laughs> you know, even, even if that is this year or it's a future year, I just want students to feel confident every step of the way. All right, Kimberly, anything else that you can think of for us to touch on on this topic? 
No. Okay. We'll see you soon. I hope that those of you that are listening have gotten some valuable bits of information from this. We're so excited for this next step and stage for us. And we'll see you next time on the Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State. The Pre-Health Podcast at Penn State is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office and the Everly College of Science at the Pennsylvania State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution or for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across our university system. Our intro music is This Science by Coma Media, and our outro music is Screening, also by Coma Media. 